Hey guys, Kurt here. Here's a game that you want to try out if you like high fantasy. It's called Rain the Card Game. Rain the Card Game is a game of diplomacy, deceit, and domination for 3 7 players aged 12+. plus. Players are thrust into the role of lord or lady vying for rulership of Kazath, a medieval fantasy realm. They must gain the support of a house, secretly bidding for influence over them. Then, using their cunning and guile, they must work to forge alliances and undermine their opposition. Once the battle lines are drawn, their enemies clash in an epic battle for the Onyx Crown. Finally, the new regent rewards those loyal to their rule, handing out spoils and gaining legitimacy. Gain 9 legitimacy points and hold the Onyx Crown to be named the true ruler of Kazath. Do you have what it takes to reign? What's in the box, Rain? Do you ask? Well, I'm going to tell you. You've got 60 standard military cards, 15 unique military cards, 25 event cards, 2 Kickstarter exclusive event cards, 5 house cards, 1 Onyx crown card, 1 rulebook, 3 player reference cards, which is a total of 111 blue core poker size cards with a 300 GSM gloss finish. What makes Rain unique, you ask? Rain is highly diplomatic and interactive. Players must constantly re- renegotiate shifting alliances, working out details with one another and betraying each other to gain the advantage. One of the key mechanics is that any deals you make are not binding. You must decide if you will honor your agreements or take the spoils of war for yourself. Beware, people will remember your treachery. Your betrayal may come back to haunt you. Rain captures the feel and tension of nobles fighting over a kingdom. The use of hidden information in Rain means that as the game develops, the drama and tension intensifies. Is that the card Bob played face down in front of you really a show of his loyalty? Or did he just place an assassin into your ranks? Sometimes you might not even find out who betrayed you. Rain has high-quality artwork by Starcat Game. They've, they've worked closely with Starcat Games to ensure the artwork in Rain looks beautiful and supports an immersive experience. They're very pleased about how it turned out, and the style and quality add to the atmosphere immensely. I mean, it looks great, guys. This is something we've been following closely. It, they're already at $8,430 US out of 11548 with 15 days to go. I mean, it looks great. Um, let's check out and see how much it will cost you for rain. All you have to do is pay 22 bucks US. I mean, come on. Or 29 Australian. You get Rain the Card Game plus the two Kickstarter exclusive event cards, Curse and Favor of the Gods, all achieved stretch goals, and print and play documents only for $22. And in the U.S., shipping is free. In Canada, it's only four. I mean, come on. I mean, that is just, that's good stuff. So, I mean, go out there and and uh, check them out. Rain the Card Game, people. Thanks for listening. Back to the podcast. This is the MFG Cast. Hey guys, welcome to the MFG Cast, episode thirty-four. I'm Kurt. I'm Mike. Hey, welcome. Yo, we're gonna be talking about the PS2 today. Going back, way back. I know we probably we talked about it a little bit when we had a 
uh, one of our video game episodes, but thought it'd be kind of cool to uh, talk about that. Mike was itching for some top eight, so I thought it'd be kind of cool to do some top eight action. So we're going to do talk about what we're now playing. We're going to talk about PS2 through the years and what we like to put our top eight up there. We're going to be reviewing a Kickstarter game that's not even out until July 2nd, Food Fighters. Talk about if we like that or not. And then uh, we'll have some weird games and then some other stuff in between. But before we get into everything, we actually are sponsored by somebody this month. Can you believe it? I can't. So Me we're <laughs> Mike can't either. He's so stunned. You should see his face. This month, we're actually sponsored by Battle Bards. If you don't know what Battle Bards is, we've actually interviewed Alex and Mike from uh, Battle Bards, but here's a little something we put together to tell you what Battle Bards is all about. This month's sponsor is Battle Bards. In a world where your dungeon mastering is terrible, and the elf shoots you for 2d8 damage, flip, flip. Wipe it up with a DM who can't do sound effects worth a crap when you can get the great quality of Battle Bards, sound effects, music, and audio. Not that one. Alta Michela Orco. Marathon Dracarim. Why get this? I'm talking like a dragon. When you can get this. Goldasik, Bikil Sarev, Shotleg Nomeno, Munthrek Sariapskile. Pre-order now so you can get what you've been hearing and more. For just $25, you can get the Lyric, which is $25 to spend on BattleBuds audio, the soundboard with local track support and sync mode, plus and stretch goal one bonus that's two audio packs free also you can get the mock epic for only $150 you get $150 plus $18 that's a 12% bonus to spend on BattleBots audio the soundboard with local track support and sync mode the mixer to create custom audio scenes with ease BattleBots cloud upgrade 18 months, 10 gigabyte storage to store on your own audio. Prototype soundboard app, standalone app to organize and mix your own audio, and stretch goals 1 through 5. That's 10 audio packs for free. Go to BattleBards.com to get your pre-order in before November, or we're going to find you. We're back. <laughs> Wasn't that a great, great little spot there, Mike? Yes. Oh, man. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't either. That's <laughs> so fast. So um, so much unbelievable stuff going on. I just, man, it's awesome. You know we're at the top of our game when we've got great ads that we put in between. That we don't. That we don't listen to, listen to right now. <laughs> that I will put in later. Behind the scenes. So, um, before we get into this action... 
Even though we just did an ad, let's get into now playing. Now playing. All right, Mike, I'll have you start off. What are you playing right now? What am I playing? I'm not going to list the apps that I play because I talked about those several months in a row. I've been playing most of the same apps. So other than that, I just picked up Lego Jurassic World, which I've been playing and because I love the Lego video games. I've played through... The first two movies, you have the option to actually start at Lego or at Jurassic World, and I didn't want to do that because I haven't seen the movie. So I'm kind of like, I don't want to play that until I see the movie because I don't want it to give me plot points and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm planning on seeing the movie this week, so I should be able to play that after that. Other than that, we've played a, a decent amount of Dice Masters this month. Um, I picked up the Justice League starter. And we mixed it with all the Marvel stuff that we have. So it's been a lot of fun. And then something that I've been doing on my own blog, I actually started up every Monday. I do a random video game review where I set up a whole spreadsheet of every single video game that I have. Which <coughs> Nerd. Yeah. <laughs> At this point totals uh, 406, I believe. Um, with that Lego Jurassic World tossed in there. Um, I just went to random.com, had to pick a number, and that is the video game that I review that Monday. So I've actually played uh, Revenge of Shinobi for the Sega Genesis, which is super flippin' hard. (laughs) Uh, Cabela's Dangerous Hunts 2009. Uh, (laughs) D-Blob 2. For the PlayStation 3, which is not so bad. And also Advance Wars 2 Black Hole Rising uh, for the Game Boy Advance, actually. So I went way back on a couple of those so far. Um, But yeah, it's been a really fun thing for me to do just because it has me bring out some old games I haven't touched in a long time. Just be like, oh, yeah, I like this game. Or, you know, (laughs) wow, this game sucked. Or, you know, it makes me remember stuff that... I probably wouldn't go back to for a long, long time, even though it's sitting in my basement still and could be sold or something, I guess. But who does that? But, yeah. And other than that, we have played Dominion and Ticket to Ride you got. And I don't remember what else we played otherwise. (laughs) Um, If you want to look at those reviews, check me out at 20sidedmarble.com. And... What has Kurt been playing this month? Oh, what have I been playing? Um, yeah, you said uh, Tracy was able to use uh, some of her money and get Ticket to Ride. Ticket to ride. And uh, this is the first time that we've played it. You know, it's one of those games that everybody says that's one of their you know favorite games and one of those games that you have to play. And you know, we got it took us a long time to get to it, mm-hmm. but once we played it, I really really like it. Yeah, see, I, I have the computer version, and I really liked that, and mm-hmm. that was nice that I've played that because we were able to sit down and I kind of knew the rules. Mm-hmm. So we were able to get into it a little faster than having to read through everything. So yeah. that was pretty nice. But it's a really fun game and I understand why everybody loves it. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, it's totally fun. Finally, after months of trading for Dominion, we finally get to pl- got to play it, which is awesome. That's one of those games that I don't think I'd ever get sick of. I mean, I, I can understand how people get sick of this. the first, you know the base game because it's got the same cards or whatever and eventually we'll probably get the expansions but I just like playing it every once in a while it's really fun. We played uh, Food Fighters which we're going to be reviewing uh, what else did I play? Oh jeez 
played some. Logan got a couple of Disney Infinities for his birthday, so we've got the first Disney Infinity and then the Disney Infinity 2.0, so I got to play that, and I realized that the toy box in that game really pisses me off because I have no clue how to delete anything after I put it on. Uh, like, there's an automatic undo as soon as you do the last thing, but for some reason I cannot find how to delete anything. The magic wand. The magic wand. You use the magic wand, ah. put things, and it's some button. Thank you. I can't tell you the exact button anyway. I accidentally brought, brought up the magic wand every, uh, the other day, <laughs> so... Um, and I'm not talking about my wiener. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that's it. Okay. Yep. Yeah, it was just so frustrating. I'm like, how do you delete anything? And Logan was getting frustrated, too, because he was trying to build something and just made it all wonky. He's like, how do I get rid of it, Dad? I'm like, I have no clue. And I, <laughs> I could have looked at it online, but I just totally forgot to do that. What else? I actually broke out, talking about old school games, I brought out uh, Oblivion for uh, Xbox 360 because I wanted to play a game that I could play around my son that's not too graphic and, you know, language-like, you know. There's a little bit of blood in it, but nothing you can really tell. It's kind of hard to tell, so it's nice to play that off to the side while he's doing something, so... It's fun to play video games a little bit again. What Mike said, we played Dice Masters, and what we didn't realize is that we were playing it wrong the whole time. Yep. (laughs) We forgot, um, we never played with the, what do you call that, the, basically the battleground, or whatever you want to call it, the table. battle sheet. Battle sheet or whatever. Setup sheet that shows you where everything Every area is, and we missed one area, which is not the used pile, but it's the... The KO pile. Yeah. Yeah, where if somebody di- if one of your guys gets killed, he doesn't go into your used pile, he goes into your KO pile where you can actually roll him again, or her again, to get back onto your field. And man, that makes a hell of a difference. Mm-hmm. And Mike got a, a few more dice, and I got a few more dice, and we were able to play it, and man, now that now that we finally figured out exactly how to play it, I really love it, and it's getting to be one of my favorite games now, which is kind of, it'll be cool to see how that ends up at the end of the year. But other than that, I think that's it. I think that's it. Alright, and that's it for now playing. Now we'll get into some PS2 action. Do you like theme and board games? How about sexy voices? Or maybe overly enthusiastic Canadians? If any of these things sound great to you, then you need to check out the Boards Alive podcast with Aaron and Quinton. But wait, there's more, because we don't only talk about board games, we talk about RPGs. Whether you want fantasy or sci-fi, it doesn't matter, we got you covered. We also talk to notable names of the board gaming community, because they know way more than us. So check out Boards Alive, the podcast that brings board games to life. Through the years. Alright, through the years, people. So we're going to be talking about the PS2. A little bit of jogging down memory lane. PS2 was actually released on March 4th, 2000 in Japan. Followed by uh, North American Europe later in that same year. And I remember that that was the first... Bring out your day! <laughs> what the fuck was that? I don't know, somebody's ringing a bell. I wonder if that's the ice cream guy that rides his bike. Oh. so weird. Stop it! <laughs> Trying to record, <laughs> jackass. Um, <laughs> I remember that this is the first console I actually bought myself. Because uh, it was my first job working at Hardee's, or Carl's Jr., if you're from California or on the west side there. And uh, I took all of my first check and put it into having a PS2, and I was so stoked about it. <laughs> and I remember that, you know, you know the, PS, the PS1 controller... Was the PS1 controller and the PS2 very similar? 
I was, they were pretty similar. Didn't it the was, PS2 have the second back button? Didn't that add it? Or am I wrong uh, with that? PS1, the PS1 controllers were gray. Um, they were they weren't as heavy. I remember. Okay. I think they had the back button. I think okay. they always had the L1, L2. But I could be wrong. I'm not sure. I just know that. Well, even PS2 though they were wired for the most part. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's when they got to PS3 that it was uh, wireless. So. Yeah. A couple of cool other cool things that was cool about it too is that you could play CDs and movies on it, mm-hmm. which I think that was like one of the first ones. And then also, it was backwards compatible, which was awesome. Yep. Um, I, I still have my PS2, but I have one game left. And all I have is an old uh, PlayStation game that is uh, Final Fantasy 1 and 2 together. Nice. And that's all I have. I sold all my other games because of just trying to get make some money and stuff like that. But it'd be kind of cool. To, I know you have some PS2 games that you I have. have so it'd be kind of cool games. to... You know, I, I actually wanted to play some two PS2 games before you know, we listen before we did this podcast, but life kind of got in the way and interviews and stuff like that, which is a great problem to have. But it kind of sucks when you don't when there's stuff you actually want to play and stuff like that. But another thing which I thought was pretty awesome is that it's one it's one one of the best sellers, and 1.5 billion have been sold, which is just phenomenal. It's just crazy. PS2 kept selling even into the introduction six years later of the PS3 in 2006. Um, Mike, guess when the PS2 finally was retired and not made anymore? Um, I don't know. It's hard for me to go back in my mind with things. I'll say like mm, 2010. 2013. Wow. 13 years that thing was made and finally was stopped. I mean, it's just crazy. Um, and they produced a couple of games towards the end. Um, even though uh, 2013 was the end year, um, they made FIFA 14, um, hmm. Final Fantasy X, XI, Secrets of the Adulin, that's for Japan. I mean, it's just crazy to think of all the things that they, you know, that they did with that game or with that system. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just, and it's funny too because uh, as we start talking about um, the games for this, I think I'm getting P. I think I had when I first started looking up stuff. I think I had the PS One and the PS Two put together because I started looking at PS Two games. I'm like, oh, where's this game? Oh, wait, that's that's way older than I thought. What about, oh wait, this game is older too, you know? So there's a lot of games, like, different series and stuff like that, where I was like, oh, I'm looking for this game, and I'm like, whoa, this is, like, years before the PS2 was even out, you know? So it was kind of cool to look back and see some of the games that were, um, that we liked and stuff like that. You're a fanboy of the PS2, Mike. Did you, was that something you got right away? Is it something that you waited for down the line, or? It, I remember buying it. During my first job, at some point, okay, I don't. Re- I like. I wasn't into it right away, okay. Because I mean, I usually don't get things right when they come out, just because I don't have the money for it. It's usually <laughs> like I'll get taxes back, and that's yeah. when you know you spend money like that. But I had a PlayStation Two for an awful long time. I know I actually had two different PlayStations Twos because the one I don't remember what the deal was with the PlayStation Two. They had. In the earlier ones, they had some kind of issue on them that 
I don't remember if it overheated or whatever. Okay. But I remember that I had to replace it at one point. I did the same thing with my PlayStation 3 I had to replace at one point because I had used it so much I actually... it's There was something in the motherboard that, like, the glue stopped working quite right. I'd have to actually take my PlayStation 3 apart and uh, use a like a hot air gun on it. Oh, wow. For a while, and then it would loosen everything up, and then it worked again for a while, and then I finally <laughs> had to replace the PlayStation 3. But wow. I'm sure that was probably the same thing, kind of thing with PlayStation 2. It was just, I didn't know what to do at that point, probably. Yeah, so, interesting. To try and fix it. So. Yeah. Wow. But that's been, yeah, a long time. But I still have a PlayStation 2, and obviously I have a ton of games because we mentioned that. So I still break out PlayStation 2 every once in a while because it's fun. There's a lot of good games for it. I mean, if you look at the catalog of games for systems, PlayStation 2 had a ton of mm. really, really good games. I think better than the... I guess it's not current generation, it's whatever. PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. Yeah. I don't think they had nearly as many great games as PlayStation 2 did. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they definitely weren't a leader in a lot of stuff. Even, I remember that I came super late into the Xbox era too, even the original. And I think that was one of those things where my brother-in-law had an extra. And he's like, do you want this? Well, yeah, of course. And I played it and I was like, oh... This really isn't as good as the PS2 games, you know. They had they had a few here and there that were kind of, you know, different. Of course, you had your Halos and stuff like that, but just nothing that really stuck out like a lot of the PS2 games. Yeah, so. And, of course, there was overlap, you know. You could get the same games for, you know, both systems. Mm-hmm. But I always felt like there was a lot more PlayStation exclusive than Xbox exclusive. Like, yeah. I, when choosing to upgrade to PS3, it's like Xbox... 360 was not even an option for me because there were so many game series that were PlayStation specific that I was like there's no way I'd go over to the other one I want to play the games that I enjoy that I can't get over there yeah yeah and uh it looks like like even nowadays it seems like it's not as prevalent which kind of sucks um and I'm sure eventually you know, it seems like the video the video game market is is kind of hurting because of used game sales are you know more prevalent I think than new game sales. It seems like I mean I could be wrong. No, I have no idea. And the whole GameStop thing where they were trying to kind of get rid of used games and stuff like that mm-hmm. that I thought was kind of silly. But yeah, it seems like more and more they're getting away from the exclusive games for different systems and stuff like that. Where I think. When PS2 came out back in the day, it was awesome to be like, okay, a lot of, a lot of Sony exclusives were really fun. You know, you get like your Soul Caliburs and, oh, Soul Calibur had like your Star Wars guys, like your, you know, yeah. your um, Darth Vader and Yoda and stuff like that, you know. And then you had your um, Metal, Metal Gear Solids and stuff like that that were, you know, for the most part, PlayStation exclusives and stuff like that. The Soul Calibur was Star Wars, though was PlayStation 3. Oh, okay. And I think that Xbox did have it. Oh, okay. Because PlayStation 3... Ah, that's what it was. PlayStation 3 came with exclusive Darth Vader. Okay. Xbox came with exclusive Yoda. With the Yoda. And then later on, you could actually buy them. Buy them both on each yeah. one. Okay, yeah. gotcha. But on the... Uh, Soul Calibur? No, Soul Calibur wasn't exclusive. 
uh, Soul Calibur 3, because 4 was the Star Wars one, Soul Calibur 3 actually sold on the Xbox, the PlayStation 2, and the GameCube. GameCube, yeah. Because yeah. each of them had their own character. Okay. The PlayStation had Hihachi. Okay. The Xbox had Spawn. Nice. And the GameCube had Link. Oh. Yeah, so... Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah was, I suppose they all had their kind of, like, series icons or whatever, uh-huh. you know? Yeah, and that one was one that you're not going to ever get those on different systems, and there's no way you're getting Link on PlayStation or Xbox. You know, I thought that was kind of a interesting way for them to try and really <laughs> milk some customers if they really wanted to. So. Yeah. Yeah. I was. I see here that it looks like... Uh, Final Fantasy seemed to have a um, quite a big stint with uh, PlayStation until Final Fantasy. I don't know if you want to call it Final Fantasy Eleven Online or Final Fantasy X One. The first three expansions were included in the Xbox 360 release, so it was on PlayStation for quite a bit. Yep, I remember that being a huge exclusive. Like that was a big reason for staying with PlayStation mm-hmm. at the time because PlayStation One and PlayStation Two had all the Final Fantasy games. Yep. Yeah, and even PSP had, like, different Final Fantasy games that you couldn't get anywhere else, too. Yeah, and Kingdom Hearts, like that series, you know, they were, had those, too. Like, mm-hmm. It was all on PlayStation. Yep, all PlayStation yeah. stuff, so. They had a lot of good stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. it's cool to think about think back about it, because I, I don't want to diss the PS3, because I don't have it, and I know you have it and you love it, but I, liked, I, I like my Xbox 360, and it was kind of weird that I... I can't remember the reason why I picked an Xbox 360 over a PS3. I think at the time it might have been the price, because I think the price was a little bit lower at the time. But uh, my heart definitely goes out to to PlayStation, though, because I had a PS1, PS2, a PSP. <laughs> For some reason it skipped a PS3, but I think eventually when it gets to the PS4, when I get to getting a PS4 and Xbox One, I think I'm going to get a PS4, because... I don't know. It just seems like they're just doing a lot more than Microsoft is right now, so it'll be kind of cool to get into that eventually. Yeah, I mean, for me, the winner on just going to PS3, if we're talking about it, just the thing that got me was the Blu-ray on that. I mean, mm-hmm. that that was huge for me, and that's actually how I ended up getting it anyways, because I got a disc on a Blu-ray player, Yeah, and it was like, if you buy a Blu-ray player at Walmart, you get a $100 gift card. So I was like, Okay, and it said includes PlayStation Three, so I'm like, "All right, well, I'm getting a PlayStation 3. <laughs> nice, nice. Yep, that's how it worked out for me, and that was tax return time that time. Too, yes, so. yep, of course. Yep. It seems like that's always the time when you get a, get a big system, you know, mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. Um, okay, well, we've talked about it quite a bit, and I think we can talk about our top eight and then our uh, honorable mentions in between. And I'm going to tell you that this was super hard to do. Yeah, this was really hard, especially getting a top eight. Yeah. I mean... With how many games that are out there that are great. Uh-huh. Yeah. Even a top ten would be very hard. Still would be very hard. And we're hard. still doing that number one is our worst yep. game. Yep, so exactly. we really only got seven good spots. Yep, yep. Eight Going from eight down to two are good ones, and then number one is a stinker. Mm-hmm. So um, let's start from number one. Mike, what was your stinker? My absolute worst game, at least that I can remember and that I still have, because I went through my pile of stuff that I still have, um, and we were talking about this actually before the podcast, it's kind of funny because if we had a really, really bad game, 
it probably got sold yeah. at some point because you're we like, ugh, this is horrible. I'm not holding on to it. <laughs> but I held on to this game just because, and the reason why is because I love the show that it's based on. Um, but it is Aqua Teen Hunger Force Zombie Ninja Pro Am. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and it's horrible. Really? It's really, really hard. Um, it's a golfing kind of game. That's weird. But yet you you walk around and you fight stuff too. <laughs> like there's all the, the bad stuff from the TV show yeah. and stuff that comes out to like fight you while you're trying to do all these crazy golf shots. <laughs> and the controls are horrible. It's really, really bad. But the thing that's kind of cool about it is that, you know, it's all the voices from the show. They've got some, you know, cut scenes and different stuff like that. So it was just horrible. <laughs> I should let you borrow it sometime just so you nice. can see how yeah. horrendously bad this game was. Yeah, I can see why you'd keep it because, you know, it's got all the cool show stuff. But yep. at the same time, there was a lot of a lot of games that were made back then that were just awful. Wasn't there a South Park game that was really terrible for the PS2? Or was that something else? I don't remember. Mm. The only ones, like, I have Aqua Teen Hunger Force, and I actually have a Harvey Birdman video game, too. <laughs> nice. Um, that I don't even remember. I looked at it, and I'm like, I remember Aqua Teen was horrible. Yeah. The Harvey Birdman, I want to say maybe played a little like that Phoenix Wright, those Phoenix Wright games. Oh, yeah, yeah. A little bit, yeah. so it wasn't as bad, yeah, but... but still probably yeah. wasn't great. It was just the... the I love those shows, yeah, so I hold sure. on to them just because they're kind of cool. Because the shows were cool, yeah. 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 It's just like like playing... Like, I remember I played a Family Guy game. I can't remember if it was for the Xbox 360 or something like that. And yeah. Just having the characters was cool. The game was shit, but it was kind of fun to play just because, you know. That's why I heard about that game. I never did end up picking it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. If you, get, if you can get it for two bucks, you know, it's worth yeah. it. You know? <laughs> I think last time we talked about... PS2 games, I picked another game, and I'll mention both. Um, I think last time I, I picked, I think it was called King's Quest, which there was a lot of King's Quest games that everybody thinks are, like, the best games, mm-hmm. but I remember I got a used copy of King's Quest on PS2 from Blockbuster for, like, three bucks, and boy, was it worth it, because... It was so bad. Hmm. It was like it was hard because you just you'd move a couple feet, get killed by something that was just way bigger than you. Um, it was hard to move. It was like you know it was like one of those early PS2 games, so it was really hard to like you know it was almost like doing an old computer game where your computer's lagging. You're like you know yeah, and I just oh it was awful. But I didn't pick that one. I picked one that I remember that, and I can't remember if we played it or not. I think that this might have been before you. I don't remember. Legends of Wrestling. Oh yeah, the, I had I had the, one of those. The Hulk Hogan one. one? Uh, I think I might have Legends of Wrestling too. Okay, I remember it's got like every Von Erich that was ever yep in existence. Yep, it, that's for sure. And I remember that just the mechanics and the entrances and just everything was so shoddy and. They were trying to do as best as they could with no license because, you know, Hulk was just trying to go on his own and make something that was, you know, not WWF exclusive, which was WWF back in the day, not WWE. And, man, it was just, I mean, seriously, it was painful to play. Mm -hmm. So I just, I couldn't stand it, and I I hated it. So that's why it's my number one worst. Nice. So I'll go next with my number two. And now for, we're into games that we actually like. Yes, for games <laughs> that we actually like. This is this is really hard because mm-hmm. this game back in the day when I played it, 
probably could have been my number eight. Um, but it's God of War. Oh. Love the God of War series. I loved the... It had the introduction of the, you know, if you're fighting a big baddie, where it had, you know, time it right, hit the X button. Time it right, push the, yeah. you know, the triangle button, and so on. And uh, I just thought that was awesome. I thought the voice acting was cool. I thought the story is cool. Anytime it's something with somebody's family and they die for some reason, I get I get hooked, like, I get sucked in so hard, you know. And I just remember just loving one and two for both for those for that system, so uh, I really love playing it. it. That game was pretty hard too. You know, mm-hmm. you had to time stuff just right. When you got to the end of the games, I mean, got it. The difficulty really shot up. It really was one of those games that started to get uh, worse as the time went on, where a lot of games would kind of stay very stagnant. So it was cool to have that cinematic feel to it. So that's why I picked uh, God of War for number two. What'd you pick, Mike? First off, before I start out with my good games. Yes. I just wanted to preface that I am when I did my list, if there's games that are in a series, I took the best game of that series. Yep. And so put on my list. Because I didn't want like a whole bunch of Final Fantasy games. I didn't want it to all be like yep. the same thing. Yep. So for sure. If it's on the list, it's the best one in that series that was on the PlayStation 2. Yep. Okay. My number two is Dark Cloud. So Role-playing game, kind of, you know, a lot of, it wasn't quite first person because you're behind the character, Yeah. Um, who almost kind of reminds me of Link in a way. Mm-hmm. The thing is about it that I really liked, you did all these dungeon explorers and mm-hmm. fought different things and tried to find pieces of your missing town and put your town together, mm-hmm. and you could put things wherever you wanted them, but, like, your townspeople would give you clues of where they kind of wanted to be. And stuff, so if you set everything upright, you got extra bonuses and stuff. Yep. And there were extra characters to recruit that then you could play as them too. I think it was six total characters, and everybody was different. Like there was the fat kid with mm-hmm. his big, I think he had a club maybe to start out with. Or, yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. You know, it was just very, very fun. It had good, a really good story to it. Mm-hmm. And I just loved that game. I've gone back and played that different times, you know, mm-hmm. just sat down and been like, oh, I really do this game. Yeah, so. yeah, that that is on one of my, that, that game is one of my honorable mentions. Yeah, it had, it kind of reminds me of like an interest, like almost like a board game that you could play, you know, it's like, it's world building, but at the same time it's like a resource management kind of thing, and then you've got different guys that have different skills and stuff like that, and I really enjoyed it. I mean, mm-hmm. this, it's funny too, because the story wasn't super complex, but it really was interesting and really kind of sucked you in. So mm-hmm. I like that. I thought that was kind of, I thought that was pretty cool. All right, I'll go next for number three. Number three, I had I had a I had a bunch of hard times with different things trying to figure out what I like. But one of the games I played a ton that I actually have on my Xbox 360 right now, actually that I bought from the from the Xbox store is uh, Burnout Three. Oh yeah. Loved that game. Mm-hmm. I loved when you had the different parts where you'd have the races where you tried to knock out as many cars as possible. You had the road rage. That was the road rage. Um, you had ones where you just simply raced. And there's some where you got different cars. But the big one was the crash part. Yeah, I love that. Everybody loved that. You know, you'd have bunches of people over and you just try to see if you can get the higher score yep. and stuff like that. I think I remember. 
uh, we go over to Scott's house and we, you know, try to see how 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 high we could get our scores and stuff like that, and just how much we'd laugh mm-hmm. and things would blow up, and you you'd have to get a certain way where you'd like you'd fly, and then there's certain bonuses like you know money and and extra stuff that make you blow up. You could blow up not once but twice, yep. and then you'd have to hit buses and stuff. I mean, it was just it was so much fun, uh-huh. and I was pissed when I bought like the one that was end up being on PlayStation 3 and probably Xbox yep. 360 also, they dropped that They mode, got rid of it. And I'm like, I don't even want this game. No, <laughs> like, I know. I returned it. I know. They, <laughs> like, they dropped it They dropped it for, for every game after that. And it yep. was just like, why? Uh-huh. That was the best part. Yep. Everybody loved that. Everybody that I ever talked to was like, oh, that's such a cool thing to have in the game. And they took it out and it's like, what the hell? You're just another racing game at this point yeah i don't need that so yep, for sure whatever yeah i know but got a lot of play out of it um i even uh my wife got into it i even got logan my son into it he just li- loves the crashing because mm-hmm. of course what kid doesn't like to crash cars and stuff yeah. like that you know so what about yours mike um my number three is disgaea hour of darkness okay that's one i never played it's the first one in the series there are four five now i think at least which they've had a whole bunch of other games that are kind of like it but it's just like a kind of a tactic strategy type of game mm. really hilarious story really um really good voice acting and stuff in it yeah so they have like these little penguins called prinnies that are always causing trouble and stuff <laughs> and you play as laharl who is like the demon prince okay and like he uh is just snotty <laughs> all the time and it's cool because like you go and like one of the very early parts of the game is this boss comes out to fight you and <laughs> Laharl's just like what's up mid-boss <laughs> he just keeps calling mid-boss and pissing him <laughs> off you know and stuff like that so very like gamer friendly really fun and they did a lot of that with a lot of the rest of the series it's just that Disgaea the first one and Laharl because he was that was the only game that he was in every other game has its own person character yeah gotcha but they always have those printies in them which they're hilarious because they blow up when you throw them and stuff and they always say dude to you and stuff (laughs) yeah it's it's just really fun like if you can find the game i'd recommend picking it up but i'm pretty sure that's one of those games that it ended up being very very expensive yeah to be able to find yeah that sucks yeah but yeah that was it's a great game. Like, it's kind of Final Fantasy Tactics in a way, you mm-hmm. know? You get you keep unlocking different types of monsters and stuff to fight with you. You start out with just, like, zombies and maybe slime and stuff like that. And you just keep getting more and more and more that they level up as you battle and stuff. So they become better and better and, yeah, really fun. Very cool. Mm-hmm. All right, well, since you're talking, let's let's keep you talking with number four. <laughs> All right, number four, which might seem low for some people. I actually want a Final Fantasy X or X. Okay. With Titus and Waka oh, yeah. and all that. Yeah, that's a, that's a one of my honorable mentions. Yeah. Continue. That, for me, is probably, as far as PlayStation 2 or even PlayStation 3, the best in Final Fantasy series. Not going back earlier than that, probably, because, you know, some of those PlayStation 1 ones are awesome. But I just really liked it, and I think it's one of the ones that I got the farthest in. Okay. I can say that I don't think I've 
finished maybe Final Fantasy VII. I might have finished. Mm-hmm. But Final Fantasy X. I don't know. Yeah. I get to a point in Final Fantasy games every time <laughs> where they put you in this freaking huge map. Yeah. It's like, what the hell am I doing? You get lost. Where am I going? And then I put the game down. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I come back to the game... You don't I'm know really lost because <laughs> they don't give you any hints of what you were doing before. Yeah, so it's that's like, true. I, yeah, so that's why Final Fantasy just kind of gets dropped down lower from me because I just I can't ever finish a game because yeah. I get really sick of it after a while. Yeah, I love like the character leveling aspects of all the games where you kind of can put all your different things and build up the characters the way that you want them. And I love, like, the summons, mm-hmm. especially, you know? Oh, yeah. That's awesome. But, yeah, that's what dropped that one down lower than some of my other games. Yeah. Um, but really fun. Plus it had that stupid soccer ball part that was stupid. The thing is, is I actually kind of like that. Oh, I would go in on. and play it sometimes just because I started getting better at it and building up my team and making them better. Yeah. So it was just kind of a distraction from the rest of the game. <laughs> but... It had a really good story. Yeah, it did. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's what my number four is. Cool. My number four was a game that they're actually going to start... They're actually going to make another one up. Another one coming up here. Um, Star Wars Battlefront. Oh, I never played that. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I love it so much. It's just one of those... It's almost like a... It's almost like one of those games where you take an army and you point and click and yeah. make them go but it's it's more broader and you are first person basically or th- you could do first or third person you know and you play different scenarios and uh, just the stories and, and the involvement of they put like the characters from the original movies in there and mm-hmm. stuff like that and you you know you see all this grandiose scale of things that you can fight and fly in and stuff like that and I just I absolutely loved it I think EA was the one that that does the games and they they always have done a great job with a lot of those games for me, and that was just oh, just a just a blast. And now that they're coming out with that for the fucking PS4, I'm like, well, that's another reason I have to play the uh, the PS uh, the PS4. Another thing which I did not mention too when we were talking about Final Fantasy games is that they're doing the Final Fantasy VII reboot for PS4 too, and mm-hmm. then I'm like. I don't care if it sucks. I want to play it. Yep. I'm going to have to get a PS4 for that, too. I saw too. that trailer, too, yeah. and I was just like, ooh. Yep. There's a lot of people that are like, oh, it could suck. I'm like, yeah, but it could be great. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll take a chance for that. Yep. So. Because it's um, really, like, I bought that game for the PlayStation 2. Or for the PlayStation 3, what? I mean. Uh, Final Fantasy Seven. Oh, okay. Just as the... Because it was on sale at one point. I was like, oh, I'd like to play it again on my PlayStation 3 without having to get out the old PlayStation or mm-hmm. PlayStation 2 to play it. And it's hard to play at this point. It's hard to go back and play a PlayStation 1 game. Yep. Because it's very chunky and uh-huh. not as good as you remember, probably. Well, but there's still. just things in it. Because I think, like, at this point, a lot of RPGs understand that... You know, you may, might not want to spend a whole bunch of time reading all the dialogue. Mm-hmm. And I think I remember, if I remember right, that you couldn't, like, hit a button and have the speed, oh, have speed so you up have or to anything. Read everything. So it's like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I think about that. I hope <laughs> nice. they update everything with that. So. Yeah, yeah. So, Star Wars Battlefront is my number four. <laughs> yep, you got back right. to the wrong thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, number five, I'll go next. Number five, which I'm, I have a feeling... 
That's going to be... I'm not going to give it away, but I'm going to say it's really high for Mike, and it's Kingdom Hearts. It's just one of those games where everything came together and it made perfect harmony. It's it's kind of funny because when I talk about this game, it's going to sound like, why didn't you put it in a braid? That's because there's a lot of other games that I really mm-hmm. like too. But it, I don't have the love for Disney stuff as much as Mike does, but just to see... A final, almost you know, pretty much a Final Fantasy game with a Disney World put into an RPG was, and not a true RPG, but a little bit of a, a fighting RPG. Mm-hmm. I, it's hard to explain it, but I mean, just every seriously, everything about that game was awesome. Yep. Well, it did have Final Fantasy. In it. it did. It <laughs> yep. had the Final Fantasy characters, yep. and it had all of the characters that you'd wanted to hear. Um, the main character Sora was. Uh, Done by what's his face again? I can't remember. Oh, remember Haley Joel, Haley Joel Osment. Yeah. He was perfect for it. Mm-hmm. He did a great job, and just just every little thing about it. the story had this awesome, like fun Disney part to it, but it also had this darkness to it mm-hmm. that it had like it had your dark Final Fantasy stuff, but it also had your dark stuff uh, um, going back to the old Disney movies. Where some of it was very do 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 do, but then it was some of it was like, holy shit, this is really dark, mm-hmm. you know. And it's crazy because they, I don't think they can really do that with Disney today. There's a couple of things that they've done, you know, like yeah. people die and blah blah blah, but they don't. I don't think they do it as well as they did it back then, yeah. where it was a little more, I don't know, not creepy, but a little more suspenseful. I would yeah. say. Yeah. When well, when Walt Disney was alive, he <laughs> he had the. The family aspect down, but he also threw in some dark stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like you know, like look at Fantasia and some of those oh, yeah. stuff in that it was just trippy, yeah, just so. just crazy. But yeah. yeah, just everything about excuse me, everything about that game just made me fall in love with it. And the, the preceding games to it were just mm-hmm. phenomenal. So it's it's cool. And then they're making a new one of those too, aren't they? Yep. Yeah, I don't. I think it might be for both systems. I'm okay. not sure. But the other ones they just re released. Uh, two oh, wow. on PlayStation three at the very least. I don't know about Xbox. Yeah. Um, but they re- released that, and I actually had bought the re-release because they're HD, you know. Yeah, right, yeah. Of number one, and it's actually the re-release of that. But then you get like I want to say it's like RE chain, chain of memories, and then there's all the cutscenes from one of the DS or Game Boy games or something. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's actually like three games in one, and then the same thing for when the second one got re-released. It's like two games and you know a bunch of stuff in there too. So. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, Mike. What about your number five? My number five. This one kind of covered a bunch of games and a almost genre of game. When I was looking at my games, I was thinking, you know, Grand Theft Auto. They were so huge, you know. Mm-hmm. But for Rockstar, my favorite game that trumps them is actually Bully. Bully is about, like, you being the bully of the school. So it isn't, like, as as violent, you know, as the Grand Theft Autos and stuff. You're not killing people. You might be beating people up and stuff. And you're playing pranks in school and all sorts of stuff. And really, like, you're following this kid's story of almost becoming kind of a hero of the school. Yeah. It's just really, really well done. And out of like that type of game, I same thing. I don't know if I've ever finished a Grand Theft Auto, 
but I finished Bully. I almost sat down. Like, I went away from it for a while, and then I sat down with it again, and I was like, oh, man, this game's really fun. Yeah. And I just kept playing, kept playing, until I finally beat it. And it's it's phenomenally done. It's not as well known as the Grand Theft Auto games are, mm-hmm. obviously, but it's really a cool game for people to check out, I think. Yep. Yeah, I remember I played that also. I don't have it on my honorable mentions, but it was a fun game. But Rockstar has a interesting way of just throwing a couple of games here and there where you wouldn't think they would be super great, but when you play them, they are. Mm-hmm. We rented that, uh, when we had that video game day that we had, we oh, went yeah. and we rented that table tennis. Oh, stupid concept, but it was mm-hmm. fun to play. It was yeah. like, what the hell are we even doing? But it was like it was fun, so mm-hmm. it was kind of cool to, you know, they seem to know, even if they have something that maybe may not get everybody's attention, they're going to put their heart into it, and mm-hmm. I, I really respect them for that. Yeah. And this one was just cool because, like, you were in school and you kind of had to do stuff, like, to get yourself better and get better stuff. You actually had to go to classes and participate. Like, you had to do art class and you had to do different, uh, like, motion type of things to finish up the artwork, you know, and make sure that it was right so that you get better stats or better items or whatever. I don't remember exactly what, but you got better stuff by doing classes and stuff. Yeah. And it had, like a time frame in the game that you had to do stuff a lot of times, too, so I just thought it was very cool that way. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yep. Alright, well, up to number six, I'll go first. I, for the most part, I haven't played every single one of these, but for the most part, I think I've only missed a couple, and that's probably the the later games, but um, one of my favorites for the PS2 was Metal, Metal Gear Solid Snake Eater. And that is on my honorable mention. Oh, I'll be darned. Yep. This is another series where sucks you in right away. I mean, the story is phenomenal. The voice acting is is really good. It's like watching a military drama. Like, I don't watch military dramas all that much, but like 24 or something like that, where like it really sucks you in and makes you care about these characters. Uh, also, it had the weird kind of like anime style goofiness to it, where it was like, it was just kind of intriguing. But, I mean, just the character of Solid Snake is amazing. The guy, whoever the guy, I can't remember the guy that did the voice, but he was phenomenal. Most of the time, I, I was more a fan of, as Solid Snake was my favorite character. But then, other than that, all the bad guys were always my favorite characters because it was just kind of cool to see where they would go. You know, like, I can't remember if this is Snake Eater, but one of, one of the guys, he had, like, a couple of guns. It was like a almost like a uh, gunslinger kind of guy, you know. Um, I think in Snake Eater, the, one of the last guys was, like, one of these guys that, like, mess with your mind and stuff like that. And just just the the characters that they found for the bad guys and what they did with them was just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny that I would even like those kind of games, to tell you the truth, because when it comes to stealth, I am I am not good at them, and I'm very impatient, yeah. you know? So that I'd always get that exclamation point, you know, mm-hmm. above my head, like, all the time, be like, damn it, you know, and then... You know, try to either kill the guy, subdue him, or you know, get you know, get killed because everyone's coming at me and all that kind of thing. But it also had a cool like puzzle part to it too, where it was like not only are you sneaking and and doing that, but also the other stuff that you could do too. And um, the one thing I like in the later games is that they actually had training missions that would be like, okay, this is how you get around this stuff. So it's kind of cool to see how that works, you know. Yeah. So. 
That's yeah. why I liked it. And then, uh, of course, the theme song, I mean, come on. It was, like, really bad, like, anime style. Snake Eater! <laughs> I even played it for my wife one time, and she and she gets it stuck in her head, in her head anytime you say Snake Eater. Snake eater so. yeah. um, for me, like, I things that I appreciated about that game, well, for one, just... I looked in the instruction manual when I was looking through my stack of games, Mm -hmm. and it was like there was probably four or five pages of items that you get in the game, and they were all, like, it was little print, a whole, probably 10, 12 items on each page, at least. It was all this, like, fun stuff. And I remember specifically from that game, it's like you just kill random animals, and then they'd end up in your inventory, you know, for you to eat and stuff. Like, you could eat a rat and eat a snake and all this stuff. It was, like, it was really interesting. Like, everything in the game that you pick up or you do it kind of had a little comment and some of it was really funny you know yeah. and so I really like that about it they really put a lot of detail into it yeah yeah, they really did which is awesome mm-hmm. uh, what's your number 6? my number 6 is X-Men Legends 2 ooh good one the whole group of 4 aspect of 4 you know you pick out a whole bunch of different X-Men characters X-Men Legends 2 actually had where you could have the X-Men, and you would have, like, Brotherhood of Evil Mutants characters. Yeah. So, you know, you had, like, Sabretooth and I don't even remember. Juggernaut. I pretty, yeah, Juggernaut and I think Toad. and yeah. yeah, so it was just kind of fun. You could mix and match all the characters, and it's it plays through, you know, overhead type of map thing. It's just all, you know, hack and slash kind of thing, but yet it's RPG and you build up your stats and you build up your guys and you get more powers and really good story. That one was against apocalypse. I don't remember what the actual like little mini title or subtitle was. Yeah, it's like rise of apocalypse or something like that. that. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it led to those event or the ultimate Alliance, Marvel ultimate Alliance games. You know, it came after that, but X-Men legends two, I really, Appreciate. I really liked the story, and you know it was huge for me because it's X Men. X Men was always my big comic, and I believe, if I remember right, I think you get Deadpool in that game for the first time. Oh, nice! So if I think I, I'm pretty sure yeah. that was the one. Yeah. But yeah. If not, whatever. Yeah. I was wrong, and <laughs> it's still an awesome game. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> yeah, the, that had an honorable mention for me too because all those games were phenomenal. I mean, mm-hmm. of course, we talk about it a million times. We love comic books, so of course we're gonna like the comic book games that are really yeah. good. So um, that would be one of mine too. So. All right, now we're getting into the big ones. All right, number seven, why don't you go ahead and go first, Mike? Number seven is where I put Kingdom Hearts. So <laughs> nice. We already kind of talked about that, but for me, I just I loved playing through some of the movies a bit because mm-hmm. it wasn't exactly the movies, and they changed things. And, like, I remember specifically, like, I thought it was cool because they got everybody that did any voice acting in any of those movies, they got them. Yeah. Um, the only thing, like, the when the genie was in it, it wasn't uh, Robin, Robin Williams. Williams, but it was Harry Castanella or whatever, uh, yep. Homer Simpson, yep. who I believe he did for the animated series, mm-hmm. I think. But it was just amazing. I remember, like, you get to this little kind of, it's a mini area of Winnie the Pooh, and, like, the Winnie the Pooh characters came out, and oh, I was like, holy yeah. crap, I'm getting, like, goosebumps, because they had those Winnie the Pooh voices, and I was like, oh, that's awesome. Yep, and they came <laughs> you know? on, and it, it was like, you went into a, Merlin a put you book. into the storybook, and the storybook came to life, just like in the yeah. t- in the movies and the TV show, yeah. It's so funny when you're, when you see stuff that's 
reminds you of your childhood and stuff like that mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You saw that's what I, I had that too. I was like, oh, you know, it's like almost uh-huh. you want to tear up because it's like somebody was put on their big boy hat and or big girl hat and really was like, we need this in here and just. For that to come to life was amazing. Great point. They did such a great job with the game. I mean, like, you had the Little Mermaid level, and you're, like, Sora and Donald and Goofy, they're all fish. (laughs) Like, Sora was a mermaid, but I don't even remember. Merman! Yeah, a merman. (coughs) Merman! I think one of them turned into, like, an octopus type of thing or something. I don't remember exactly, but everybody Uh, was... Maybe Donald, maybe, or something like that? Yeah, it was just kind of... It was really neat that they... The level played completely different than any other level because you had that whole underwater aspect. And then, like, you went to the Hercules area and it was just a battle coliseum. Yep. You know, that's all it was. You just kept battling against different things. And I can't remember if it was one or two. I just remember that one of the hidden things to, or hidden people to find was Sephiroth. Oh, yeah, that's right. And they played the music. And I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just like anybody that's a fan of Final Fantasy VII, if you uh-huh. hear that or you see Seth Roth, you just you know. Uh huh. Yeah. So that game, I mean, it always geeks me out. And like between the two, one and two, I still think one is the better game. Mm-hmm. Two, they it kind of lost me after a while in the story. It just mm-hmm. kind of got to be a little too much. Like, eh, okay, I'm in this like futuristic weird world and I didn't really care for that so much. I yeah. liked it better when they kind of went with the the other stories, you know, from the different movies or yeah. know, Final Fantasy stuff, you know. I almost wonder if they thought that King of Heart, Kingdom Hearts 2 would never be a thing. So they yeah. just put all of their resources into the first game going, you know what? If we don't do another one, this is going to be a standalone game that everyone's going to enjoy because we put all this stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so. That was just, yeah, it was definitely, well, obviously one of my favorites because it's, <laughs> you know, second best. Yep, so. yep, for sure. My number seven was a aforementioned game, which you talked about, um, which I played a ton and beat, I think a couple of times, is uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Mm-hmm. Just everything about this game... I was just pull. I pulled in about because the the story of the game is like Miami Vice. Love Miami Vice. The voice acting was always great because they always mm-hmm. got great actors. You know, like Grand Theft Auto Three, they had Ray Liotta. You know, I forget what forget who was in this one. Was that Ray Liotta again? I it seems I like guess it was. I thought Vice City was. Ray or maybe Liotta. that's him. Or maybe I'm thinking somebody else for Grand Theft Auto Three. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think it was him for, for Grand Theft Auto, Vice City. But it, it was the 80s. Of course, that's our era, you know, of things that we loved. So, it, you know, it threw in the Miami Vice stuff, almost like your A-team stuff and your, you know, your old, you know, crime dramas and stuff like that. The music was the music. fucking phenomenal. Yeah, every single one of those games, the music, like, they get the best soundtracks. And not even just that, but, like, you... When you're driving around in the car, you know, you turn on the oh, radio, yeah. and it's not even just the music, but it's listening to the radio, and, like, the commercials and stuff in between are awesome, yep. you know? and the, hilarious. And the DJs that talk about certain things that are just stupid as hell, but it's just funny, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, even in the later games, they had, like, you watch a TV commercial, and it was just silly and kind of funny, yeah. you know? But, yeah, I uh, at that time, I was working at a um, music store, and they, ha- they actually 
Rockstar made the smart move and made a collection of like five discs. Mm-hmm. had all the music, and we played it all the time because it had all the best 80s music, you know? And, you know, from pop to R&B, rap, and, you know, a little bit of rock and stuff like that. But, man, it was just so great. And that's one of those games where I'm not a very patient person when it comes to 100% on a game. A lot of times I'll be like, I'll just do here and there. But that game was fun to do, be like... Okay, in this part you have to beat up a bunch of people. This part you have to get a bunch of money. This part you have to sell a bunch of drugs. You know, it's like it was just fun to do all the little things. You know, mm-hmm. and it had that feel of, you know, I could, you know, I could kind of be going towards the good guy part, but most of the time it's just like you just want to see the other side of the coin. You know, just like how mm-hmm. bad can I make it and see what happens. You know, and the ending was awesome. I'm not going to spoil it from anybody, even though it's years old by now, but yeah, just everything about that game was just phenomenal, so it'll always have a a place in my heart, so that's what I picked for number seven. And the top-rated number eight best game for the PS2, according to us and nobody else, (laughs) and maybe some of you guys. Mine was usually, I mean, most of the time when I talk about video games, you you guys will hear me talk about how much I love Final Fantasy. And this isn't any different. I picked Final Fantasy XII, actually, because that game kind of turned a corner for Final Fantasy games for me, where a lot of Final Fantasy games were really good, but there was a couple little stinkers in there and didn't really get my attention. Um, This one, I I think, had a great story. It didn't have... I don't think it had as much of that drop you in the middle of it and you figure it out. There was one part where maybe it was a little harder to do that, but for the most part, you could kind of figure it out. Plus, it probably helps that I beat it. <laughs> you know, it's one of those I that... Didn't. Yeah. It's like <laughs> one of those that, you know, probably since 12, I probably hadn't beaten a game since 7 myself, you know? Maybe 7 or 8. But, yeah, just everything about it was really fun. It's funny, I can't even remember the guy's name, the main character's name, but I, I really, I really liked him. And just Final Fantasy games have always been big for me, so it's it's hard not to put it up there, you know. So I'll always put that as my number eight. It's kind of weird because it doesn't. I don't feel like I'm making a very good case for it, <laughs> but it's just because I haven't played it in so mm-hmm. long that I can't remember some of the things that I would be trying to remember. So yeah. that's probably why I haven't. You know, I can't sell you on it too much. But that's the thing for me too. Is like I remember liking that game. But I can't remember the characters' names either. I'm, I think I remember the one guy's name was like Balthazar or something like that. Oh yeah, yep. Um, and that's all I really remember. And he dated some girl with like bunny ears. <laughs> yep. But that's kind of why I chose ten over that one because ten I can remember the characters, like I can remember their names, and I can remember more of the story. Like I played through twelve a lot too, but mm-hmm. I just don't have the memory of it that yeah. much. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I know kinda, it was a good game. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of silly that, now that I think about it, like, all these other, like, even the games that I put more down the bottom, I'm like, I remembered more of them than that <laughs> yeah. game, but, but again, I I loved it. I, I liked it a lot, and plus you could, it seemed like you could bring Chocobos with you, you know, all around and stuff like that instead of having them be in just one place, so. And you beat it. Yeah, and I beat it. <laughs> so there you go. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. It does help. That does actually help. I think most of the games that I have... On my list, well, once you get down to the lower ones, I didn't beat, but 
the higher ones. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah, I beat you them. Made it through. I might have beat them multiple times, actually. Yeah. So yeah, which makes sense because if you made it through more of the game, then it means you liked more of the game. Yep. And if you didn't, then probably you didn't like it. Mm-hmm. You know. So all right. Drum roll, please, Mike. What's your number eight best of all time? Speaking of games that I beat multiple times, I beat this game at least three times and started up again. And you guys, if you've listened to the podcast before, you've heard me talk about this game tons of times because it's awesome. Suikoden Three, best RPG I've ever played. Nice. There's other ones in the ser- series on PlayStation Two. There's four and five, oh, wow. but three was amazing. Um, they did such a good job. They had three main characters. You play through each of their stories. And you can play through them in any order. And you just play sections of them. So mm-hmm. there's chapter one, two, and three for each of those three characters. Oh, wow. And you can go through and you can play one, two, and three for one character. Or you can play one, one, and one. Or one, one, two, one. You know, wow. whatever you want to do. And it's cool because all of their stories intertwine. And as you go along, you kind of feel like somebody might be the good guy. Mm-hmm. They're all essentially a good guy, you mm-hmm. know. But if you play one story first, you can be like, oh, man, that person sucks. Because <laughs> you see it from the, the point of view of the character that you're playing. Yeah. And then as you play another character, you learn, oh, that's why that happened. Oh. You know? And it's really, really well done. Um, and then you end up that you get the three characters together as a group to play chapters four and five. And then they even have where you can unlock, there's actually six different spots for character stories. Um, And three of them are minor characters. So like one of them, the castle that you build, this is a main story item for every Suikoden game. You build this big home base and your goal is to get, they're called the 108 stars. And it's 108 different characters that come together to fight whatever the evil is. Wow. So not all of them are characters that you can actually use to yeah. fight and stuff, but a lot of them are. Wow. But some of them just open up new areas in your castle. Like, they'll open up a new shop, or they'll open up, like, different mini-games and all sorts of stuff. It's really cool. And the one guy is actually the castle owner, like, the guy that runs the castle. And he's very young and stuff, and he's just trying to keep this castle afloat. Yeah. And it's really cool because... Once you get him unlocked, you're so used to being pretty powerful in the game. He's so weak. He's like level one horrible, you know, wow. fighter that you'd ever play in yeah. a D&D, you know, like really bad. Yeah. And it's just kind of cool to watch even that story as a side story. They really, really did a great job with that game. And I just saw that they finally re-released it in Japan on PlayStation Store. So I'm hoping that it comes, because I'll buy it again. I don't care. Just so I can play it on my PlayStation 3, you know? Uh, or PlayStation 4, if it waits till that point. Yeah. Because um, I've bought the original on the PlayStation 3, just to play it again, because they were all really, really good. It's just, it's the same thing. It's the old PlayStation on that. Yeah. Or play, this one is just awesome i would recommend it to anybody if you can find it because i doubt you can probably find it yeah i think it's one of those things again where it's really hard to find and they even have a facebook page where people are trying to get another one made and stuff like that a lot about it because it's they have not made one since playstation 2 they had a ds game sukaden tear christ i don't know how to say it but that it's something like that okay and they actually did a a tactics game for the playstation 2 also 
and that one was really hard. Really, really hard. I didn't get very far on that. So. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, that was kind of cool to go back and see those kind of games and see where we're at with with them. You know, um, mm-hmm. makes me want to pull up my PS2 and find some old games. Yep, and I'll throw out my other my honorable mentions. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, just that you guys can talk about them and remember them if you if you had them. Yep, for sure. Um, I'll just go through my list first since I'm talking about it. Katamari Damachi. Mm -hmm. That's the first time that was out. Um, It's become a lot more popular. They've had other games out, but it's such a fun little game to just roll things up and get a lot of points. And anybody can play that game. It's so simple and like. You can get a lot of people to play it that aren't video gamers, and it's just fun that way. Yep. Another one that I had that it kind of crossed over with Dark Cloud because it's the same company and kind of plays the same way um, was Rogue Galaxy. It's newer than Dark Cloud. It doesn't really have that building world aspect. Mm -hmm. It's got a lot of really good voice acting, a super awesome story, um, and just kind of a game that I don't think a lot of people know about, but Mm -hmm. it's really fun, so look it up. Another one that I had a ton of fun with, SSX Tricky. Oh, yeah. I yep. mean, I forgot. I, I looked at that and I had I didn't write it down, but man, those games were fun. Uh huh. And Tricky was just a fun one. It had such good music and like really had so much fun stuff to like the really over the top stuff because mm-hmm. SSX later on just kind of got to the point where they wanted it to be more of a regular snowboarding yeah, game. Yeah, was like, ah, eh, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was more like Bright Lights Big City kind of game where you could just. Just you know, people were cheering, and there was lights, and there was big half pipes and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and just so many things you could do. Yeah, lots of unlockables and stuff. It was really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, another one, another RPG, Star Ocean till the end of time. Mm-hmm. I really like the Star Ocean games. They're so in depth because mm-hmm. you get all these skills. Like they give you cooking, and you can cook a ton of stuff. <laughs> like every single skill that you have, you know, there's like artwork and writing and all sorts you know and you just make all these different items to make yourself better and better and it's just they're long games i remember i think the star ocean before that that was on the playstation one i want to say was like three discs maybe okay you know it was really huge and this one was absolutely huge also so it's just really well done and the other one that i have on my list mortal kombat armageddon because it was mortal kombat and it had every guy that was ever in Mortal Kombat (laughs) in it, which was awesome, because you usually get, you know, a small amount of characters to play, you know? They they pick out which ones they think are the best for it, and this had everything. And it had that really cool, um, I don't remember what the mode was called, but you, like, traveled around the different worlds. Oh, yeah. um, And, you know, collected items and stuff through that. It was really, really cool, and I wish that they would do another one more like that someday. Yeah, that'd be awesome. But that's my honorable mention. Oh, what do you have? That's I, I thought you had more. <laughs> nope. I just I went with a short list. Yeah, so I didn't want to go. Same thing. I'm just I took my top ones of those other games. Yeah, you know I'm not gonna go through all the other games that were in the series. Yeah, sounds good. Um, I'll go. I'll do mine pretty quickly here. Um, one of the one of the ones that really got me into PS2 games to begin with, and I in racing games, Gran Turismo. Oh yeah, that was one of those games that was super technical and super hard to play, but it was fun because it had a ton of cool cars mm-hmm. 
they almost, they try to make them race like you're actually racing the car, you know? And there was a couple cars there where I was like, oh my god, I would love to have this car, you know? <laughs> and there's one car in particular that was one of the smaller beginning four or five cars that you'd get. And I was like, God, I would love to have that car when I retire. And cause it was one of those cars that you it was small and compact and you didn't have any trunk room. So it was just, just a racing kind of car mm-hmm. around about town. Um, devil may cry. That was oh, yeah. one of those, you know, it was cool. It was, I think that was Capcom cause it mixed almost like yeah, a, it was almost like a, uh, resident evil with, you know, a bunch of shooting and action and stuff like that. And I thought that was really fun. Fatal frame. That's another one of those that's dark horror, kind of a weird game where you you know take pictures and get and that's basically how you beat the ghost and stuff like that. It was really spooky, and I like that. A game that I played a ton that kind of seemed like the original was uh, Gauntlet Dark Legacy. Mm. It was like one of the you know like almost like a original Gauntlet, but it's almost like they you know up it's like an hd version that you would have you know and just everything was like super just fight 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 you know and i really like that i played the crap out of that guitar hero of course oh, that yeah. that had its big day hot shots golf 3 those that was a really fun okay. golf to play uh golf game to play um madden madden games those those were always big for me still are yep <laughs> marvel versus capcom those those fighting games are always really fun. Just reminds you of you know your Mortal Kombat and stuff like that. Midnight Club Three. That's another oh, yeah. racing game that I really liked. Um, that was super fun and really stylized and you know stuff like that. And then uh, uh, one of my last ones that probably not a lot of people played, but I really had fun with it is Onimusha Three Demon Seed. Um, it's just one of those games where it was like a goofy like weird weird kind of um, Japanese kind of type of game where you're just fighting all these different demons and stuff like that and um you play this main character but then one of your side characters that you can i think you can play a part of the story with is uh that guy from the professional oh yeah the movie the professional and it was just kind of cool to have his voice acting in it and play as him so that was kind of cool so yeah and there's my honorable mentions so there you go here's some ps2 goodness for you yep you'll want to go and Run out and play some PS2 now. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Go to your your uh, retro game store and see if you can find something. So, And if there's anything else you guys want to talk about, uh, hit us up on Twitter or Facebook. So, yeah, and that's it for that. Hey, guys, it's Kurt from the MFG Cast here. Um, do you need a little little bit of time out from your life? Do you need a little something to get you going, uh, crack you up a little bit, something from something to read during lunch or something when you're not reading your 100 pages of your D&D books and so what and so forth. Why don't you try Flippy's Life Lessons, stuff every single man needs to know. Here's a little insert about, or here's a little excerpt about the author, Flippy. When not, bi- when not busy mixing his whites with colors, Flippy works as a writer, translator, and language teacher. In his free time, he plays video games, takes photos, and writes funny stuff. He wonders why girls aren't excited in the difference between a Hadouken and a Shoruken but he himself does not know the difference between a hand towel and a bath towel. Flippy's Life Lessons is a coming-of-age book for the text message era. Flippy, a humor writer and storyteller, works in the most concise format possible, the one-liner. But rather than stand-up comedian or television, the page is his medium. Flippy's Life Lessons is a compilation of these one-sentence stories. Each story reveals a whole lot more that went on that is perhaps better left to the imagination. Many of these stories are about the hard-won lessons 
learned by a young man trying to navigate adulthood, but who would rather much be playing video games. I just have to say, uh, we've been following Flippy on Twitter, and he is a funny dude. He's really good at memes. He's really good at uh, the funny one-liners that you just wish you would know at the right time, unlike some of us, <clears throat> me. And uh, um, I'm sure his book is phenomenal. And his book is just as phenomenal as what he writes on Twitter. So go to Amazon.com, look for Flippy's Life Lessons, Stuff Every Single Man Needs to Know. It's only eight ninety six right now. I mean, come on. That's about as much as uh, dinner at Taco Bell. I mean... Or that's as much as you pay for one drink at a bar. I mean, and it's full of life lessons that everyone should know. You know what? I would say not even every man needs to know women and children too. So try out Flippy's Life Lessons right now. And thanks for listening. Back to the show. All right. And now for the review. Uh, This month we decided to do something a little different. Um, I don't think we've ever done a review on a game that's not even out yet. <laughs> yeah, because we didn't have the resources to do that yeah, before. Yep, yep. <laughs> so now that we're getting so popular, we decided that we would review a game called Food Fighters. It's by a game company called uh, Kids Table. We got their print and play of the game. They haven't quite made it yet because um, their game is, go- is going on Kickstarter on July 2nd, but we decided we'd like to, or I decided I'd like to try it out, and so I brought it out for us, and so we decided to play it this month for the review. The designers are uh, Helena and Joshua Kappel. Sorry, I hope I said that right. Uh, artist is Joshua Kappel. Um, ages are 8 plus. Playtime is from 20 to 30 minutes. It's a two player game. Food Fighters is a two player game where each player controls a team of foods trying to win a food fight against the other team. First player to knock out three matching foods from the other team wins. So the components on it, you get 18 fighters, 9 for each team, uh, 6 power cards, 3 for each team, 1 price card that shows you all the prices of the stuff you can buy, you get 2 pans, 6 crackers, 4 spoons, and 30 beans, which we'll talk about here in a second, you get 2 normal dice and 1 bonus die. Okay, so for the setup, you decide who will play which team. So you've got basically the meat versus the vegetables. Okay. Uh, each player shuffles their own fighters and randomly lays them out in a 3x3 three three grid facing the other player's fighters. Okay. First you play your fight your you so when you place your fighters you make sure you do it without looking so it's random. Okay? Put the price card near the grid and make stockpiles of the beans, crackers, dice, bonus cubes, pans and spoons near it. That that, that area is called the kitchen. So you have to make sure that each player has only three crackers, two spoons, and one pan on their side of the kitchen. Then you place each player's three power cards face up on either side of the price card, and then that's it. The player who most recently ate one of the foods on their own team goes first. Okay, so here's how the gameplay works. Game goes turn for turn until one player wins. On your turn order, you can do it like this. Number one, you may either swap or attack or roll for beans. Number two, you may spend your beans to buy one thing from the kitchen. And number three, your opponent fills any gaps in the formation. And then play passes to the other player. Okay. So, number one, swap, attack, or roll for beans. So, number one, you can swap. So, basically what you do is you can basically swap positions with two of your your own fighters, or you can swap one of your fighters into an empty space in the same row it occupies. A swap fighter brings along any carried items such as spoons or crackers or pans. Um, also, when you swap, you get one free bean from the supply, and the beans will come into play here pretty soon. Uh, attack. To attack, 
You indicate by touching your finger on one which of your fighters is attacking and which enemy fighter is being attacked. Your fighter can only attack an enemy that it can reach and it's thinking about. So basically on every card they've got these little cute little uh, food guys and then uh, they have a little thought bubble that's like, I'm thinking about this guy. So basically you can't attack anybody that you're not that your character is not thinking about. And then it's got to be within reach. So it's basically got to be within that row and it's got to be where it, it can reach it either um, horizontally or diagonally in a straight line. Once you've indicated a legal target, you roll two, number, two normal dice. If you get no splats, you have missed. It's not bad since you get a uh, nice consolation prize. You get to collect the number of beans showing on the dice if you did not get a splat. If you got at least one splat, you hit the target. The target's knocked out. You put it on your side, and if you knock out three in a row, you win. Um, you do not collect beans if you attack uh, successfully attack and um, beat one of the other characters. And then there's a bonus die. And then another another thing you can do is you can roll for beans. To roll for beans, you roll both dice. Okay, and, you, and then maybe the third dice if you can, if you currently hold the third die. Okay, so then you roll and you keep rolling until you get all beans on each dice or in each die, and then count up how many uh, beans you get, and that's how many beans you collect. Okay, uh, number two, buying something from the kitchen. Okay, after you swapped or after your swap and attack are finished, you may buy one thing from your side of the kitchen if you have enough beans and want to. You return the beans to the supply and take the thing that you bought. You can't buy something if there's none of that thing remaining in the kitchen. Okay? So here is some of the things you can buy. You can buy a cracker for four beans. When you buy a cracker, place it on one of your fighter's hands like a shield. When the fighter is hit by an attack, the cracker is smashed and removed from the game, but the fighter is not knocked out. So basically it's just a little shield from your guy getting defeated. A spoon is three beans. So when you buy a spoon, you put it in its fighter's hands like it's a spear. So basically now what you can do is your guy can hit anybody on the board. You just use that use that uh, bean uh, or you use that spoon as a spear. But you also have to make sure that actually you can still hit them in a straight line or diagonal, okay? So if it's not in a straight line or diagonal, you can st you still you still can't hit that fighter. Okay? Um, as soon as you attack no matter what happens, whether it hits or not, you still lose the spoon. Okay, but it's still returned to your kitchen. Okay, with the crackers, they're lost. With the spoons, they're returned back into your kitchen. And then you can buy a pan for three beans, which is when you buy the pan, you place it over your fighter's thought bubbles, and that means that they can attack anybody within reach. Um, and then once that, and then this is a little different from the spoon. No matter if you don't hit a target, the pan still stays on you. But once you hit the target, then you lose it, and it goes into the kitchen. And then you, you can also buy the, donus, the bonus die for three beans, which gives you an extra roll. Basically gets you an extra shot to attack or roll for beans. Okay? And then also you have power cards. You get three cards per side, and they have various prices on it. Okay? Um, also they have uses. Okay? One of them is uh, if it has an X on it, it's one use. You can only use it one time, and then you it's out for the game. Uh, they have one that has a lightning. It's multi-use, so you can use that. Uh, immediately or you can keep to use it later. Uh, once used, return the power card to the kitchen where it becomes available for a future purchase. Okay, And then uh, one is an, it has an infinity sign and that's long term. You keep it in front of you and you do it, you can use it for the rest of the game. And then make sure as soon as you, one of your um, characters gets 
um, defeated, you have to fill that gap. So basically, if one of your guys in the front row gets uh, gets um, beat, then one guy from the back has to be filled into that gap. Okay, and then the game ends when you get three of a kind. So that's pretty much a rough rough account of how to play this game. Mike, why don't you kind of let me know what you thought of it? Um, what I thought of it. Well, we just had a print and play version, so it's not strictly the official game or anything. Yeah. So, like, we didn't have beans. We had to use our phones, like, to count, keep a count of, you know, how many points we had to spend on stuff. It's a lot of little, you know, nice little strategy type of game. It was, I felt, decently simple. Mm -hmm. Like, when you read off the ages, I don't know, I guess I don't know where people select, like, the cutoff, eight and above, or something like that. I kind of feel like eight is maybe even too old. Like, I feel like somebody could have a younger kid play this game and be able to pick it up just fine. Yeah. Um, I, I got a message from Helena, one of the designers, and she said they have a six-year-old and they can play it just fine. Yeah. I, I, think, I, think, my, I think my five-year-old could probably play it too. Right. Much. I think it's just a matter of maybe having a grasp of a little tiny bit of math that you're adding up your beans or something like that, because otherwise... Uh, I think it's pretty accessible for most people. Yeah. So I like that about that. It was very, you know, simple. I've always kind of, <laughs> for some reason, liked food creature type fight stuff, I guess. <laughs> I, like, I, Kurt and I were talking about this. He didn't remember it, but I do. Like, I remember back oh. when we were kids, there was, I don't even remember what they were called, but I think it was a cartoon for a little bit, and there were these action figures of food guys that were like army type guys and mm-hmm. I always laugh because I remember for sure one was named Mean Wiener that was a hot dog. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah. Um, oh man. But yeah and I know I had like I had a donut guy and something else. I don't remember what but so just kind of reminded me of that and I don't know I like that that concept just that overlay of the game i know it could be really anything you know they could change this to anything and have it kind of fit whatever type of theme but i just i i appreciate it but yeah for me there is there's a good strategy element to it i felt like getting into it like i know when you take your turn a lot of times you roll for beans and i never found that advantageous for me to do i guess i was always rolling to attack yeah. You know, to try and get you out of there. And I would always, if I was going to buy something, I would buy that extra dice so that I could attack you, you know, and have three chances to hit instead of two. So maybe some people, you know, have other strategies for it. Maybe we just didn't figure out a decent strategy for it, but I felt like I was always kind of doing the same thing. Yeah. Even if I could buy some of the other stuff. But I liked it. It's fun. It's a fun little game um, to pick up and play really quick. It's very quick. Yeah, for sure. Um, you want me to rate it? No. Or you want me to wait? I want okay, to you wait. talk about it. All right, sounds good. Yeah. There's a couple things I liked about this game quite a bit. Um, like you said, with the art, the art was really cute. Uh, the guys are made up really well, the art, so that's really fun. I like the easiness of it. You know, it's not very complex. You mm-hmm. know, it's one of those you can really break out for anybody and just be like, hey, we can do this while we're waiting for another game, or we're doing this while we're waiting at the airport, or whatever, you know. I know for a fact, well, I don't know exactly for a fact, but I saw somebody that played a prototype of this game that it actually had the pe- the the actual pieces like the pan and the spoons and stuff like that. And those were, you know, we had we had just written down stuff as like this is the cracker and this is the beans and blah blah blah. But I think once those 
things come more into play. I, I like that idea because I like that little cute, like, oh, here's a little spoon because I can see where, where kids especially be like, oh, I'm going to throw my spoon at your guy or, you know, oh, my pan is, you know, going to cover up my stuff, you know, and I think that's that's cool. I think it has a decent amount of strategy. The reason why I think I went more for the bean part of it is because I was rolling like shit <laughs> when it came to the attacks. So you always seem to have a really good, a really good, you know, attack. Where for me, for some reason, I was really having a hard time with it. You know, so I uh, decided I would try to do something a little different, where I would try to get some of my abilities, or you know, try to get you know more of, like the stuff like the spoon. Like last game we played, like most of my guys couldn't hit anybody unless they were in the back row, so I had to roll for spoon. So I kind of got screwed that way, you know. But um, I like that. And I, I've as far as um, quick and easy games, I like this more than I've liked other games that I've played in the past because there's a lot of games out there that are quick games, but they don't really. There's not really a lot to them, I don't think. And I'm not saying this game is like super complex, mm-hmm. but I did have a lot of fun with it, you know. And it'll be kind of cool to see the final product of it, you know, to see the how the how well the cards are made and all you know the spoons and the crackers and stuff and i'm sure once i actually play this you know i i didn't get a chance to play with logan yet but i, I guarantee you he'll love it you know so i, li- I like that aspect of it mm-hmm. and so i think there's a lot more to it than we played i think especially with those um special card those three special power cards and then you know that you know we. I don't think we bought as many things as maybe we could have. Yeah. So it'd be kind of cool to see eventually, but yeah, it's like I said. I mean, when I played it, I just kept buying the dice if I could. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Just so you that can just my keep main goal kicking my butt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was a fun little, fun little beat 'em up kind of game. So mm-hmm. all right. Well, let's. We pretty much talked it, talked it up pretty good. So why don't we talk about our score? So what do you think you get this? Or what do you give this one? Um, for me, out of eight, I would go, I'd probably go a five. Okay. Because I, I don't think it's spectacular, you know, uh, it's a fun game. Mm-hmm. It's a game I would play again. Mm-hmm. Like, like you had talked about how you want to play it with Logan. If I had a kid, this would be a great game for, like, a parent and their kid. Yeah. It's not a family game because it's two-player. You know, you can't sit around with your whole family and play it if you've got a bigger family. But if it's just you and your kid, you know, awesome. Yeah. I don't have a kid, so for me it's not as exciting there. But we enjoyed it, but it's also a game that I don't see being a game that we would get out a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a lot of times how I kind of base a lot of my ratings, too. So it's fun. It's better than average, Mm -hmm. I think, but not spectacular. So that's why I give it five. Gotcha. Um, I'll go with a little higher, just because I, I think it was the thing we mentioned. You know, I could play this a lot more with my kid. It'd be kind of fun to play almost like a little mini tournament, too. Like, see what I can do with Logan, and then see what Logan can do with my wife, and then, you know, kind of go that way, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that once once the final product is is there, it'll 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 look a lot more special than what we have. Because with the with print and plays, it's it, you know it's very analog, and sometimes mm-hmm. it kind of takes away from stuff but um but i i liked it a little more than you so i would give it a six yeah and i'm i'm by no means knocking it for being print and play because for we sure obviously that's what we had to to go by yeah. and i think it will look 
pretty awesome when it's the full thing. For sure. But I was just going based on concept of the game and stuff, and it was fun. Yeah. Yep. Just... Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, it, you know, and it's funny, too, because, you know, sometimes when we talk about games, it... it we all, it's like sometimes I almost don't realize it's like man look at all this stuff that we all this fun stuff that we can play you know it's, I think having this podcast now and it's not I don't think I take too much for granted but sometimes you kind of forget like where was I three years ago you know you we played a couple games here and there but now we get there's all these different options that you know we are looking for and stuff like that yeah. and we've had other people like hey you want to try this of course of course we want to try it because we love playing games mm-hmm. and we like you know, trying to find you know find you know something that's a little, a little different, or you know something that's kind of the same that we like and stuff like that. So yeah, and even talking about that, it's like I think as we go along doing this podcast, I think it's harder and harder for me to give a game a very high score because I've got so many more games over these years that I can compare games with. Than yeah. Like, well, it wasn't as good as that, you yeah. know. I mean, there are some really, really good games that we've given eights and stuff to, and it's like, you know, they just can't compare a lot of times when we play games. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, you know. that part's that part's tough. So, yeah. so don't be discouraged. Go out and uh, when July second comes, take a look at it. Yeah, Let it's me. a good game, especially like we talked about. If you've got a kid, you know, like it's a great game to have yeah. Yeah. with your kid. Yeah, and plus it's a good, it's a fun little. Uh, time suck if you're just waiting in line or something like that or you know like I said you're at the airport or yeah. something or know? even we talked about not on this podcast but we had talked about it one of the times that we played it it's one of those games that it's your end of the night game mm-hmm. if you're like oh man we got a, you know a few minutes but not enough to get out a bigger game mm-hmm. it's something you can get out and play yeah quick, for sure you know yep exactly so before we stop talking about the review, I just wanted to mention a few things. When the Kickstarter goes live on July 2nd, um, I have a few different pledges that they sent me that I'd like to talk about. They're going to have an early bird pledge of $25. They're, uh, they're going to have a regular uh, base game price of $30. Okay? Um, they're going to have another pledge of $75. You get the base game plus a limited edition uh, Josh Kappel shirt. He's the artist that did the game. Uh, if you do 85, you're going to get the base game and a limited edition Food Fighters lunchbox. There you go. If you want the theme, and they're going to have a they're going to have a special f- pledge level of uh, $350, um, and that's a surprise. So when that kind of when that goes live, uh, take a look at that. Um, and they're going to have some stretch rewards. One of them is final static clings for thought bubbles that will make the next few stretch goals make sense. And then they're gonna have another one where it's called the Grains Faction. The hmm. uh, last two are gonna be the last planned are Mystery Factions. They'll be created by the last pledge level backers. They'll work with Josh and Helena to create two new amazing teams. So you basically you get to put your hand into making some mystery factions, which I think would be kind of cool. To your possible backers, we need some dairy. <laughs> yeah, cheese. Exactly. <laughs> yep. We're gonna have the sour cream that looks like weird bubbled mangled guy <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah so they got it looks like they've got a lot of uh, a lot of different things that you can go to uh, there that you can pledge to help them out and I would implore you to do that because it, it's a, it was a fun game and it'll be kind of fun to see where that goes and that's it for food fighters hey guys Kurt here again to talk to you about 
a cool new game on Kickstarter. It's called Battle for Solaria, The Battle Begins by Punch It Entertainment, LLC. Battle for Solaria is a science fiction-themed strategic card game, unique, unique deck construction, and two-resource system for two-plus players. Battle for Solaria, The Battle Begins, features exciting new gameplay with just enough familiar card game mechanics to help you jump right into the action. These new features include unique construction point value system. Each card has a construction point value of 1 to 4 points. The system pushes the envelope on deck construction and maintains value and interest for all cards within the set, not just a few select overpowered options. It also has an engaging two-resource system, which provides additional strategies for repeatable gameplay. Lastly, it has simultaneous combat. The game runs on a round-based system, which allows each player to complete their turn before the battle is over. So what's in the box of Battle for Solaria, you may ask? Well, you get a rules reference guide, two pre-constructed play decks for the Jotun faction and the Synthian faction. They're both 60-card play decks. Also, you get 60 additional cards for deck customization and to complete each card to a four-copy playset. So that's... 180 total cards. Um, also, you can get awesome add-ons like digital print-and-play copies of the game, digital wallpapers, digital art books, and more. The base game is $25, but you can up your ante and get all of these all these other special items like the wallpapers and stuff like that if you act before the month is up. As of this recording, which is uh, the 29th of June, um, they still they still have 29 days to go, and they've already hit $6,000 of their $15,000 go. So help them out. Go to Kickstarter right now and search for Battle for Solaria by Punch It Entertainment right now. And thanks for listening. Back to the show. Weird games. I'm going to do some quick weird games for you. Okay, good, because I didn't think of any except for that, <laughs> that Aqua Teen Hunger Force game that I talked about. Yeah, exactly. We could probably do a bunch weird. of them. Um, one of them you actually kind of uh, talked about already. Is um, and I'm actually going to do three games that I actually thought were weird but still very fun. One of them you already talked about was now I I don't know what you what you call it. I call it different than you what you did. I call it Katamari Damacy. <laughs> no, yes, um, I say Katamari Damachi. Okay. I have no idea. Yeah, like I before I didn't think to look that one up, but before we came on the podcast, I actually looked up how to pronounce. Suikoden, <laughs> nice. because I'm like I say it different every single time. Yep, and because uh, I would have called it Suikoden. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've said before too. And yeah. I finally found on a website. There's like this whole little forum of no, this is the way you say it. No, this is the way. And finally, like this is the official way you say it. It's in a video. Blah blah. Okay, <laughs> so now I know. Nice. So yeah, I don't Katamari whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was just a fun game. It was just yeah, you basically just roll balls. You roll a ball. You collect smaller stuff, and then you get bigger and bigger and bigger, and basically you're just trying to create a planet for your dad that doesn't like you, love you or something. It's just, yeah, it's just so weird. And it's all out of weird stuff, because it's just completely Japan game. You know, yeah, there's yeah. dancing pandas and all that type of stuff, you know, yeah. and really weird music. Like, I can hear the... Oh, yeah. La, 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 oh, yeah. In just my head really right now. Weird. Yeah. And, like, the cutscenes in it just make absolutely no <laughs> yeah. sense at all. Yeah. Yeah, some of that stuff is just so weird. Yep. Another one that was kind of cool but kind of weird at the same time was uh, Shadow of the Colossus. Oh, I never played that. It's one of those games that was a lot of people really liked, but mm-hmm. it just had a lot of goofy stuff. It focused on a young guy named uh, Wanderer who enters a forbidden land, 
and he's got to travel across an expanse of on horseback and defeat six, 16 massive beings known as the Colossi and in order to store the life of a girl named Mono. Yeah, it's just one of those w- weird games that it's just, yeah, you just, the Colossus were really cool and really fun to fight, and the guy is just, you know, so small that you had to figure out ways to defeat the different bosses and stuff like that. Um, and the, the look of it was amazing, too. But, yeah, it was just it was just kind of kind of one of those weird, odd games that a lot of people liked. Um, another one, or our last one, is, um, and I only played this a little bit, but I, th- I think I really liked it, and it was, again, it was kind of weird. It was called, I don't know if it's Ico or Ico. Oh, yeah, I never played that one either. But, but yeah, it was another one where it was, uh, he's a young boy named Ico who's born with horns, and his, uh, which his village considers a bad omen. Warlocks lock him away in an abandoned fortress. During his explorations of the forest, Aiko encounters Yorda, the daughter of the castle's queen. The queen plans to use Yorda's body to extend her own lifespan. Learning this, Aiko seeks to escape the castle with Yorda, keeping her safe from the shadow-like creatures. So basically, you're trying to keep keep this girl safe from all these baddies and the, you know the queen and stuff like that, trying to get you. And the girl is annoying and hard to keep. Get her to keep you keep her up with you because you can't just go wherever you want. You have to wait for her to come with Ugh. you, and it's just so fucking annoying. <laughs> oh man! So yeah, so that's Ico. And there's some of your PS2 weird games for the month. So check those out if you get a chance or not. <laughs> All right, and that's it. Another podcast down the drain. Woo-hoo. Hope you guys had a lot of fun. Um, we're going to be changing some stuff up. Uh, next month is going to be kind of interesting. i got good and bad news for you. Bad news first. We're not going to have a regular episode. Um, there's going to be a lot of things that are going to be happening next month. I'm going to try to get a lot of interviews. Uh, so that's going to take up a lot of my time. Number two is that at the end of the month, me and my wife are going to Gen Con. So I'm usually the one that uh, edits everything, and I don't want to give Mike that task. So instead of having a regular episode uh, next month in July, what we're gonna do is we're gonna I'm gonna have some interviews. We're actually gonna have a role play of the Justifiers RPG that uh, Redshirt Chain's gonna hold for us, which is gonna be awesome. And then not at not in July, but the beginning of August, I'm gonna have some report back from Gen Con. I'm gonna try to get. Talk to some of our friends of the show. Um, try to see if I could find some new friends. Just kind of talk about games and what they're excited about. Me and my wife are really excited to go. Um, this will probably be the first and only time we do it because we basically used all of our Christmas and Father's Day and Mother's Day and anniversary money and put it into a pot to go to, to drive to Indianapolis. So, so yeah, so hopefully you guys will enjoy that once I put that out. But um, until then, you can reach us at MFGCast on uh, Twitter. We have an MFG cast page on Facebook. And like I said, we're going to have a bunch of interviews. Um, we just interviewed Elliot Hoberg and Joseph Limbaugh from Modest <laughs> Games. And uh, so if you haven't listened to that, listen to that. If you haven't listened to uh, Rohit Sodia's interview for Gamers Playing, go back and check that. We're going to have a lot of cool interviews coming up in the future here. So again, thanks guys for listening. It's been a fun ride and We'll kind of see you on a regular episode in August, but then we'll see. We'll have some fun stuff with the in-between. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Bye.
See you next month. Hey guys, I've got one more thing to talk to you about, and I'm here with Logan. Hey Logan, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. All right, so we're here to talk about Talking Tinkerbots podcast. You've heard of that, haven't you? Yes, I have. All right, so what do you think about Talking Tinkerbots, the podcast? It's a big piece of sh. Wait a minute. Are you sure? I mean, I think it's pretty fun, and I think it's pretty awesome, but... I mean, really, what do you think? What do you... Here, let's talk about Let's talk about the guys that are on the show. Let's talk about Gino. What do you think about him? He's a big d***bag. Aw, that's not very nice to say. Well, what... Uh, well, let's see. What do you think about... What do you think about Bevan? He's a st***. Oh, well, well, I, well, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I agree... I don't know if I agree with that, Logan. But what do you think about, uh... What do you think about Tony? Nah, he's okay. Oh, Surprising. Okay. Well, I guess. Well, I really, I really do think it's a great podcast. I mean, they they talk about how to make games. They interview people in that that they interview people, but that make games. They kind of talk a little bit more about the mechanics and stuff like that. So, I mean, there's got to be something about the podcast you like, right? Nope. It's a big piece of sh. Well, I, I don't. Wow. I don't know if I agree with that at all, Logan. But I do think that. You should probably check it out. I mean, it's. I think it's super fun, and these guys are great. So, why don't you check it out? It's the worst. Mm-hmm.